All right, good evening. Good to see you guys out this evening. Uh, for the first time in a month or two, I ran out of, the, of our handouts for tonight. I've been, I've been going lower and lower. A couple weeks, I've had five or six left over, and tonight I ran out. So thank you guys for being here tonight. It's good to have a, a pretty good crowd. So if you've got your Bible, Ephesians chapter 6, this will be the last time we do this. We're closing out our study on spiritual warfare. Uh, we've put on the whole armor of God already. We've covered every piece of the armor. Uh, we had a weapon in our hand last week, and most people will stop at verse 17 and say they have the full armor of God. They don't need anything else. But we're going to go one step further because I believe you could have on the whole armor of God and still fail if you don't have this last thing in your arsenal. I think this is, uh, this is absolutely essential. I think that we have to have this, I, I call it, and the title of the sermon is this, the secret weapon in our warfare. And we all need this secret weapon. And I think if you Google the secret weapon of spiritual warfare, you will come up with all kinds of crazy articles and videos on praise being the spiritual weapon. But here we see that the, the secret weapon is not praise, it's prayer. That prayer is absolutely essential in our spiritual warfare. So tonight I want to show you that the secret weapon in our spiritual warfare, I'm going to read again for the last time, and I hope I've got these things in your mind. I hope it just hammer it in. Start in verse 10, I'm going to read all the way down to verse 20. We'll close out with verses 18, 19, and 20 tonight. So starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, and the evil day having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And again, most people stop there, and that's fine, but I believe it's connected there in verse 18, where now he says, and praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And pray for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So we'll cover those last three verses tonight. We'll look at the secret weapon in our spiritual warfare. So let's pray together and we'll study these verses. Father, I thank you. We've, we've studied this for probably three months now. And I believe that our church has went through a season of great spiritual warfare in those three, four months. Uh, we faced a lot of uh, battles. We've had a lot of troubles. Uh, we've lost even had a, a member of our church pass away. It's been a hard season. And I believe that you brought us to these verses for that season. I believe in your providence you put us exactly where we need to be when we needed to be, be there. God, as we close it out tonight, let us please understand just how important this last weapon is. I believe it's wrong to stop at verse 17. We must have this last ingredient, this last piece of the armor. So God, please help us to learn about this tonight. Help me to teach this. And I say this um, in that I'm not an expert. I believe that I, I fail a lot when it comes to prayer life. So help us tonight to learn together about this secret weapon that we have in spiritual warfare. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I was watching a, a movie the other night. I've gotten into war movies recently. I watched a Civil War movie yesterday and a World War II movie on Monday. And the World War II movie was a phenomenal movie. And towards the end, uh, the, this company of men was getting ready to go to battle. They were armed. They were ready. They were all together. And they were getting ready to, to go and, and take the ridge when uh, they all stood there waiting. And somebody spoke up and they said, what are we waiting for? As all these hundreds of men were waiting to go into battle, armed, ready, ready to take off. And again, the person said, what are we waiting for? Why are we just standing here? And the commander said out loud to everybody, we're waiting on somebody to pray. And I thought that goes perfectly with the sermon for tonight because we are in a war. We've been going through the spiritual warfare. We, we've been seeing the armor. We fight a spiritual battle every single day with a, a very formidable foe. We've been given the full armor. I believe right now we could say after last Wednesday that we're ready to go. We're armed, ready to go to war, ready, ready to go to battle. We could take off. But I'm going to say right now we're not yet ready. We need to, to do one more thing. There's one more thing that we need to add. We dare not go into battle without praying first. And that's the last verse that we'll cover here tonight. Before we go into battle, every single day, you can put on all the armor. When Paul gets to the end here, and he's closing, closing out this, this section, he's closing out the letter, and he gets to the end, and he brings us to our knees, and he's saying here something very important, that, that you can have all this armor on, you can have every piece, all of it ready to go, sword in hand, helmet on, you can have your shoes tied, ready to go, but don't you dare step out in the battlefield without praying first. You could have all this on, know all the truth that we've taught, but you'll still be vulnerable if you don't pray. You'll still be stumbling if you don't pray. You'll still have the possibility of falling if you don't pray. You could still be defeated if you don't pray. It's through prayer. You've got to get this. It's through prayer that we show our dependence on our commanding officer. It's through prayer that we acknowledge our need and our inability that we can't even do this with all this armor on. We still can't do it without the help of God. It's through prayer that we get our guidance on where to go and what to do. It's through prayer that we get strength, that we get uh, refreshment to, to keep on fighting. It's, it's through prayer when we get ready to, to, to fall and, and, and ready to, to wave the white flag. It's through prayer that it picks us up and, and keeps us going. This is the secret weapon to our warfare. So tonight, I want to teach you about this secret weapon. And, and again, we're going to learn it together because I don't think in any way have I ever, have I mastered prayer, but I think I want to pray better. And I think all of us tonight will, will agree we need to pray better. Amen. So tonight we're going to look at this. I've got four points for you. Uh, if you notice in verse 18, there's four times that he says all. Verse 18, he'll say praying always, all prayer, all perseverance, all saints. So I broke the verse down in, in four points based on those four alls. So we're going to go through this. You think, well, that's a lot of points. Well, I read a Puritan this week named William Gurnall, and he wrote a hundred pages in a book on verse 18, verse 19, and verse 20. So if you think four points is bad, go read that Puritan. This is not bad at all. You should thank me for four points. So I'm going to give you four points tonight on the secret weapon of our warfare. And I want to give you this secret weapon. I want to hand you something that will help you in your daily spiritual battle. So number one, I want to show you, pray at all times. Pray, or you could say pray all the time. It says there in verse 18, praying always. Praying all the time. Pray at all times. This would be the frequency of our prayers. That we should be always praying. This is what, what, what uh, you can go through Scripture. I found about 12 Scriptures this week telling us to pray always. Pray without ceasing. That's first lesson. 
Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. 2 Timothy 1.3, Paul was constantly praying. And he was praying night and day. Acts 6.4, this is that the, the, the preachers, the, the pastors were giving themselves continually to prayer into the Word. That your preacher must be a man of prayer and the Word of God. He needs to lock himself in his office and, and pray and study. We must be given to continually to praying. We must be devoted to praying. We must pray all the time. You say, does that mean we never stop praying? Do we not have any other time to do anything else? That's not what this is. This is not formal all the time, where you spend all day on your hands and your knees with your with your uh, with your hands clasped and your and your head bowed, and you're spending all day every day praying. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about twenty four seven prayer meetings. He's not even saying we pray in the morning, we pray in the afternoon, we pray at night. He's not saying we pray five times a day. He's saying that we ought to have, as Christians, a lifestyle of prayer. We ought to be so uh, uh, ready to pray that it's like breathing to us. That we breathe in, we breathe out, we pray all the time. Everywhere we go, all the time, praying. A constant Minute by minute, dependence on God. Every moment of every day, we are praying. This is quick. This is in the moment. They say some of the most powerful prayers you'll ever pray is in the moment where you just, all you say is, help me. Or in the moment something happens, and we, we, I've had that happen so many times where I'm in the moment and I say, oh, I need help. God help me. I don't say it out loud. It's not audible. It's not public. It's not head bowed. It's just in my mind. God help. This is like breathing. It's natural that when you get in a moment where you need help, you pray. Or you need to understand something. I don't understand why that happened. And in your mind you say, God help me to understand that. You see an obstacle. You see a temptation. And it's in that moment. You have a lifestyle of always Praying. This is in all situations. This is in every circumstance. This is before every decision. This is when the phone rings. I couldn't tell you times. I'll get a phone call. Oftentimes you'll, you'll look at your phone. You, it's an unknown number. God help me to be able to handle whatever this is. I got a call yesterday from the funeral home over there. And I'm sitting there thinking, funeral home calling me. This is bad news. And as, as soon as I saw the funeral home, and all he wanted to do was give me some vegetables. I was like, oh, whew. <laughs> First thing he said was, hey, Josh, this is not business. <laughs> you know, you see that funeral home on your phone, and you think, God help me. What am I about to hear? You get a phone call at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, which I did earlier this year. 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and you get a phone call, and it's your dad on the other end of the phone saying something bad's happened. You say, God help me. This is when you get a knock at the door. This is when you get a text message on a Sunday evening saying that there's been an accident. God help me. This is when you're walking up to preach. As Charles Spurgeon had many steps that he'd walk up to preach and it said every step that he would take, he'd say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And what he's doing there is, I need help. I need help. I need help. He wasn't saying it out loud. He wasn't saying it audibly. But within his mind, he knows in that moment, I need help. Whatever that situation is, it's an all-day thing. You wake up in the morning, you start praying. And you're praying all day long. In every circumstance, we're praying at all times. And why do we pray at all times? Because the battle is raging at all times. So we must be praying at all times. Our prayers must be always ready. Praying must become like breathing to a Christian. We must have a lifestyle of prayer. 
I wake up some mornings and I'm in a hurry and I don't get to spend 30, 45 minutes in, pray, in prayer. But I tell you what, I'm still going to be praying all day long. We must be always praying. So that's point number one. We must pray always. That's what it says. Pray all the time. Number two, I want to show you, and I like this one. Uh, number one is pray all the time. Number two, pray all kinds of prayers. I, I like that. You, you see that? It says praying always. With all prayer and supplication. You see that? So now he gives us two words for prayer here. Prayer being just the, the simple everyday communication that you have with God. And the best definition I've ever heard of praying is opening your heart to God. That's what a prayer is. I'm opening my heart, my concerns, my worries. I'm having a, a, an open line or a communication with God. So that's what prayer is. Supplication would be request to meet a need. So here he gives us two types of prayers. And he says here, well, he says, praying always with all prayers and all supplications. So he's saying there, with all types of prayers. And there are many types of prayers. And I'm sure every one of you in here has learned some prayer at some point. You learn from example. If you've heard a pastor or a dad or somebody in your life pray, you've heard their pattern of prayer. And sometimes you take their pattern and put it in your own life. And that's how you pray. Some people say, Dear Heavenly Father. Some people say, Our Father. Some people say, Father. And you have all these different types of people praying all these different types of prayers. There's different methods. There's different formulas. There's different books. I looked through my book, bookshelf today and went around and, and there's more books on prayer on my shelf than any other book. I found a Charles Spurgeon book, Spiritual Warfare and Prayer. I said, Why haven't I been reading that? I didn't even know I had it. There's books everywhere on prayer. And prayer, uh, praying like this and praying like that and, and the prayer of Jabez and the prayer of this and the prayer of that and everybody praying in, in different ways. There's more ways to pray than you could count. You learn some. I, I learned early on the ACTS version of, the, of praying. That you ought to pray the Acts prayer. The, the adoration. Let me see if I can get it right. The adoration. The confession. The thanksgiving and the supplication. That if you pray in those four ways, you'll have, you'll, you'll have everything covered. You'll adore God. You'll, you'll, uh, confess to God. You'll thank God and you'll, uh, supplications asking God for your requests. People do that stuff all the time. That's a good way to pray. It's one way to pray. We all have our routine. We all have how we do things. I can tell you how I do it. I, I, I have my points and I have them all start with the same letter. I walk into the church and it is my pattern, my way, my method. You guys can do your way. I'm not saying my way is right. It's just my way. I walk into the church and I'll pray, God, help us to evangelize. And I'll pray about evangelism in the church. How we reach out. And I use that word. I'll say, God, help us to evangelize. And then I'll say, God, help us to exposit the Scriptures accurately. And I'm just walking through the church praying these things every single morning. This is just my prayer time. Evangelism, expository preaching. God, help us to study, to exegete, to get everything out. Help us to, to preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Help us to reprove and rebuke with all long suffering and patience and doctrine. Because there's coming a day when people won't like it, but we've got to still do it. So I'm praying for evangelism, for expository preaching, because that's what we do. And then I pray, God, let everything that we do exalt You. That's my prayer every morning as I walk through here. You say, I'm not doing that. You have a three-point prayer line outline. I do. It helps me remember. I don't have a sheet of paper. It's just as I'm walking through the pews and, and I'm praying for the church. I pray that God would... I have an outline in the... You guys, I'm just telling you. I have an outline in the parking lot. 
I don't need to go through that. It's like a ten-point outline. That we'd have peace, we'd have purity, we'd have power. That God would protect us and preserve us. It's in my mind. This is my outline. You guys don't need to do that. It's just how I pray. So we have this routine that we all have. And listen, there's nothing wrong with your routine. That's what he's saying here. We ought to have a whole wide array of different prayers for different situations. All types of prayers. It's okay to pray all kinds of prayers. Have a full arsenal full of prayers. I've got a prayer for this, and I've got a prayer for that, and I've got a prayer. I've got. A, I'm ready to go at any time. Sometimes you just pray and talk to God. A relational prayer. It's just me and God, and I got to have somebody to talk to about this. Sometimes you just talk to God and say thanks. Sometimes you pray in, in temptation. Sometimes you confess sins. And it just goes on and on and on. I, mean, I wrote these down. Are you ready for this? Sometimes you pray standing. Sometimes you pray kneeling. Sometimes you're so low, your face is in the dirt. Sometimes you pray out loud. Sometimes you just pray in your mind. Sometimes you pray long prayers. Sometimes you pray short prayers. Sometimes I pray for an hour and it's a sweet hour prayer. Sometimes it's just help me Lord. Sometimes it's public. Sometimes it's private. Sometimes I'm crying. Sometimes I'm smiling. Sometimes it's a lot of words. Sometimes there's nothing but a groan that comes out. Sometimes it's individual. Sometimes it's corporate. Sometimes it's planned. Sometimes it's unplanned. Sometimes it's in the morning. Sometimes it's middle of the night. There's all kinds of prayers we can pray. There's no one way. There's no one right way to pray. We've got to have all types of prayers. There was a young man, I read this story this week, he fell down, down a mine shaft. And they said it was, a, it was a very narrow shaft that he fell down. And he was upside down. And they pulled him out. And the first thing he said when he came out was, hey, listen to this, the prayingest prayer I ever prayed, I prayed upside down. <laughs> he couldn't get on his knees. He's upside down in the mine shaft. And the prayingest prayer he ever prayed, I prayed upside down. But, see, there's no one way to pray. You gotta get, you gotta understand that. There's no one way. There's all kinds of types of prayer. And I think we need to learn all kinds of types of prayers. Don't get in a routine. Don't say the same thing every day for every situation. There's no one type, but. <laughs> you know there's a but. Look what it says. So we pray always with all prayer and supplication, but you better make sure that the type of prayer you have is in the Spirit. There's all kinds of types, but there's only one way. You say, what does that mean, to pray in the Spirit? <laughs> the best ex explanation you can get, really, is from Romans chapter 8, which I'm going to read to you. You say, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? There's a lot of people that would say that it means you pray in, in, in tongues, which is nonsense. Romans 8 says this, and I'm going to give you two ways what it means to pray in the Spirit. Romans 8 Verse 9, first of all, says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So let me say this, to pray in the Spirit, first of all, means you have the Spirit of God within you. So in order to pray right, it don't matter how much you pray, how many types of prayers you have, you can have all kinds of prayers, but if you ain't right with God and have the Spirit within you, those prayers aren't getting above the ceiling. 
Unless there's a prayer of confession and repentance and faith, He's not hearing that because within us is a Spirit of God where which we cry, Abba, Father. He's not your Father. He's not answering your prayers unless you're saved. You've got to pray in the Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit, you can't pray in the Spirit. Now let me jump over to verse 26 and 27 of Romans 8. Because it says, likewise, this is, this is a commentary on Ephesians 6. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Verse 26, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. You see that? We don't know what we're to pray for. You ever been there? I don't know. I've had people ask me to pray. I don't know how to pray for that. I get myself in situations. I don't know how to pray for that. I don't know what I'm doing. We don't even know how. We're so weak. Even in spiritual warfare, especially in spiritual warfare, I don't even know how to pray daily. But he says here, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But if you're saved and you have the Spirit within you, the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I like that last point, according to the will of God. That our prayers not only have to be in the Spirit and that we're saved, but our prayers have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. That our prayers have to be directed by the Holy Spirit. This is, we can't even express our desires without the Spirit's help. John Calvin said, God gives us the Spirit to be the director of our prayers. That's the Spirit. Have you, I've been there. Where the Spirit gives me guidance on who to pray for and how to pray for people. We must be praying in the Spirit. All kinds of prayers, but only one way, and that's in the Spirit. So number two is pray all kinds of prayers. So pray all the time, pray all kinds of prayers. And then it says, and the next one is pray, pray with all perseverance. And I'm just going by, by, the, by the Scripture here. It says, so we pray always. We pray with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Then it says, and, and watching thereunto with all perseverance. So first it says we ought to be always watching and always praying. That's what that would be. Pray with all perseverance. Always watching, always praying. That we're always, that word watching would be always alert. Jesus told His disciples on the night before the crucifixion, watch and pray. Could you not watch and pray with me for an hour? And trouble was coming. Attack on the way. Spiritual warfare was so hot in that moment that Jesus had to go off by Himself and pray. And told the disciples, you must pray. Watch and pray. It's fierce right now. They were in true spiritual danger. And He said, watch. Stay awake. Be alert. They needed to be praying when the battle was hot. And that's what He's saying here. Always be praying because the battle is raging. It's hot. The disciples didn't. So we can't become complacent in our prayers. We can't get careless. We can't say, take a day off. There's no vacation for praying. We must always watch and pray. And then he adds there with perseverance. Which means always watching, always praying, and never giving up. Always watching and, and never giving up. You see that? With all perseverance. So he says never stop praying. Be always ready and always praying. He just keeps on saying these things. Keep on praying. Don't give up. Don't let up. Sometimes you pray with great enthusiasm and, and other times you have to force your way to pray. 
But he's saying, when, you, when you're in that moment when there's great enthusiasm, pray. When there's that moment where you, you have to force yourself to pray and you don't feel like doing it, pray anyway. Sometimes you get answers and sometimes it feels like God is silent. But keep on praying. Sometimes I feel like I, I te- I'll, I'll text Steph sometimes from here and, and I'll text her again 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 and all I get back from her is those little bubbles. And I'll text her again. What are you doing? What are you, what's going on? Are you guys okay? And there's like 15, 16, 17, 18 texts down the list and all I'm getting is those bubbles. I'm going to have to call her. There's no answer coming. Is everything okay? And sometimes that's how I feel when I pray. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. God, where are you? What do you do when all you get from God is those little bubbles? <laughs> you keep on praying. What do you do when you've been praying for one of your best friends year after year after year after year after year after year after year? Wednesday night after Wednesday night after Wednesday night after Wednesday night, and it feels like you're not getting anywhere. You keep on praying, and then all of a sudden God breaks through. You keep on praying with all perseverance. We pray in all seasons just like we preach in all seasons. <laughs> you preach the word in, in season and out of season. You pray in season and out of season. You pray when things are good. You pray when things are bad. You pray in all seasons. You just keep on praying. So praying with all perseverance. And the last one, and I'll close. You pray for all saints. We, we, this, is, this is good for us. We pray all the time. We pray with all types of prayers. We pray with all perseverance. And then we pray for all the saints. We don't just go and pray for ourselves. This is, we're not selfish. I think sometimes, and, and I, I, I don't want to ask you, but you can ask yourselves, when was the last time you prayed for somebody else as passionately as you prayed for yourself? Yeah. We need to understand that we're all in this spiritual battle together. And I'm not just waking up every morning going to battle. Every single one of you are waking up every morning going to battle. And sometimes when you don't feel like praying, you need somebody to pray for you. It's all for one and one for all. We're in this together. I was watching that Civil War movie yesterday and it was in the bunkers together. They were arm to arm, shoulder to shoulder they were all in it together. And I thought to myself, that's West End Baptist Church. We're all in this together. We're shoulder to shoulder. We're fighting a war. There's a spiritual warfare all around us. And we're not in this by ourselves, going out with our swords, taking on the enemy by ourselves. We're in it together, so we must be praying for each other. And that word saints, where he says in praying for all saints, is, is just the called out ones. Other believers, we pray for each other in the church. We pray for our own congregation. We pray for other churches. We pray for missionaries around the world. We pray for other pastors. I wake up every, mo- every Sunday morning, and I've got a long list of pastors that I pray for. I've got pastors I know in California. I've got pastors in Texas. I've got pastors in Canada. I know pastors up in, in Massachusetts. I know pastors in, in upstate New York. I know pastors that are in Washington, D.C. I know pastors that are down in Florida. I've got two that are in South Carolina. And all these pastors that I'm praying for, I've I got some in Kingsport, Sir Goinsville. I've got some in Clintwood. I've got some in Pound. I've got some in Norton. I've got some in Wise. And I've got all these pastors that I'm praying for. And I'll even send out texts I'm praying for you. 
I'm praying for you. Because I know those men are walking into a pulpit and they're going to face the same spiritual battle that I faced on Sunday morning. And we're not in this by ourselves. We're all in this together. So we got to pray. And not just for the other, other congregations and the other churches, but we got, we got to pray for each other. Let me give you a list here. I'm going to give you your own list. We need to start praying for younger Christians. I always say to say it this way. Because he says for all saints. Let me say it this way. Pray for young saints. You say, what does that mean? Our young kids. And they're in here tonight. We've got young kids all over this room. Which is an amazing thing for a Wednesday night church. Kids all over this room and kids downstairs. We need to pray for young Christians in our church. We are overloaded with kids. We, sometimes we had that 4th of July thing the other night. And I, I stood by the fence. I said, I, I'm afraid we're going to lose one. They are everywhere. Kids are taking over our church. I love it. But we better be sure that we are praying for young Christians because no generation has ever been attacked with temptation like this generation is being attacked with temptation. You say, what are we going to do? Pray that God, what does the Lord's Prayer say? Deliver us from evil. Keep us from temptation. We need to pray for young saints that God would deliver them from evil and keep them from temptation because it is all around them. There's so much wickedness and evil attacking this generation. If we don't pray, they're going to be overcome. Pray for the young saints. I'll keep going. Pray for the young Christian parents or the parenting saints. Man, what a responsibility young parents have today for these kids. I wonder what it was like. And maybe it was just as bad. But parenting in the 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s or even 90s or the years that you didn't have a cell phone. The years when the TV went off at 11.30 and you got the national anthem playing at 11.30. The years when, when they, all this uh, LBGTQ stuff was not uh, bombarding people. I feel like I'm constantly trying to, to protect my kids from everything. Pray for Christian parents. Pray for single Christians. When you say, why do you say that? I can't imagine being single in this culture and trying to look for a godly spouse. I'm praying every day. You say, Josh, you pray. You sound like you pray a lot. Yeah, it never stops. When you got five kids, you ain't never going to stop praying. I'm driving down the road first thing in the morning. I'm praying for my kids. God, you guys want to hear this one? You guys are just hearing my prayer life. I pray for them that, that God would give them a God, godly spouses. And I pray that there's one out there. That godly husbands for my three girls and godly wives for my two boys. And that God is preparing their hearts even now to marry my children. Yeah. Pray for single Christians. Pray for the middle-aged Christians. They're in a transition in their life. They're getting older. Their kids are graduating. Getting out of, they're having an empty nest. Pray for elderly Christians. Who, here, here you say, how do you pray for elder, elderly saints? Pray, and I was told this by one of the elderly saints in our own church, pray that I finish the race strong. As you come to the end of your life, isn't that what you want most? That I finish the race that God has given me to run. Pray for Christian teachers. I just wrote down a list. Pray for Christian school teachers. I can't imagine what they face in our schools. You say these schools here are good for the most part. But it's going to get worse and worse and worse and it's going to take a lot for our Christian teachers to stand in this evil day. Pray for our Christian school teachers. Pray for our Christian businesses. We have businesses in our church that are trying to stand out as Christian businesses. 
I drive through town and I pray for the businesses here that stand out as Christian businesses. I pray for Tommy's business there in Appalachia who's trying to take a stand and have Bible studies in his business. To do that in this day, we need to pray for businesses like that. I pray for K&E as they put the gospel on their sign every single week. I mean, I mean, it's just an amazing thing. You drive by there and there's Romans 3.24. It's basically a sermon and a sentence from Sunday and the gospel's going out to everybody that passes by. Can you imagine the spiritual warfare that a Christian business faces today? You can't do that. You can't say that. You can't share that. We need to pray for our Christian businesses. We need to pray for our Christian leaders, our Christian council members and mayors. We need to pray because there's a true spiritual danger out there for them every single day. So we pray. I'm going to give you one more and I'm going to close. I've given you Christian young Christians, Christian parents, single Christians, middle-aged Christians, elderly Christians, Christian teachers, Christian businesses. Let me give you Christian pastors. Because Paul turns around in verse 19 and he says, And for me, this is a prayer for pastors. This is a prayer for me. You say, how can I pray for you, Josh? I had somebody text me the other day. How can I pray for you today? I wish I was smart enough to have said, send them verses 19 and 20. This is how Paul says to pray for me. Paul in prison, been there for two years, unfair. I mean, he, he could have been complaining. He should have said, pray for me that I get out. <laughs> But Paul's request is for two things. Look at this. And I, and I just, just, he says, give me utterance, which is the word for, for words. Give me the words to speak and boldness to speak them. Give me the words to speak and the boldness to speak them. That's the prayer for a Christian pastor. God, give our pastors the words to speak and the boldness to speak them. Because we have a lot of pastors that have a book in their study, the words to speak, but they don't have the boldness to stand up the pulpit to say them. So we need pastors that have the words to speak and the boldness to say them. The words to speak and, and the outspokenness to say them. The words to speak and that they would leave nothing out when they say them. The words to speak and that their message wouldn't be the message of a coward, but be, would be the message of someone with great courage. Paul's asking for that. The battle is the most hot for Christian pastors when they're preaching the gospel. So pray for your pastor as he preaches the gospel. The words to speak and the boldness to speak them. Pray for your pastor as he goes and prays at town council last night at 6.30 and I stand up before the town council and all those around me and I have the words to say and the boldness to say them. So when you pray, don't forget your preachers. So in closing, I think Paul tells us how to pray, but Jesus is our prime example of prayer. He was a man of prayer. The Son of God was a man of prayer. He showed dependence on the Father. He received guidance from the Father. He was encouraged by the Father. He was refreshed by the Father all in prayer. But he prayed all the more when the battle got the hottest. You find him praying the most and the most passionately two instances. Matthew 4 when he goes up for the temptation and he fasts and, pray, and he prays for 40 days. When the battle got the hottest Jesus prayed the most. And then when he was getting ready to be crucified, he went off into the garden to pray. And he sweated great drops of blood. When the battle got the hottest, Jesus prayed the most.
Jesus knew that man is at his greatest and his best when he's on his knees before God. And, and that prayer is a secret battleground where victories are won and the will of God is found and the work for God has begun. So we must be men and women of prayer. That is the secret weapon that we have to carry with us every single day. We must be men and women of prayer. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this last sermon in this series. And I thank you really for the whole, whole series, the whole study that we went through. This has been good for me. It's been helpful for me. Um, I feel like we've been in a spiritual warfare and it's been hot, fierce over the last few months. And God, I pray that um, you'd help us to remember these things, to hold them dear and close to our hearts. And that we may not be in a, I think maybe coming out of a battle now, and the dust is settling. Or maybe it's going to continue being hot, I don't know. But help us to get up every morning and put on the full armor of God and not walk out the door until we've prayed first. That's probably the title of the sermon should have been tonight, is pray first. Before you go fight, pray first. Before you go to war, pray first. Before you go into battle, pray first. So God, teach us to pray. And let us make it a priority in our own lives and in the life of our church. And we ask and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.